Welcome to Canada's National Bible Hour. This is Brian Albrecht, your host and president of Mission Go. Today our scripture reading is taken from Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, which says, And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. We're living in very difficult days these days with the pandemic and lockdowns, viruses, and all sorts of things that we have to deal with. But this is a tremendous verse that tells us that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a witness to all nations, and then the end will come. Those of us that are looking for the return of Christ, this is a very encouraging verse because the gospel is being presented to the whole world. The statistics are that 94% of the world's population are hearing the gospel in their own language over radio, and we understand that there are probably 85 to 86% of people have a copy of of at least the New Testament in their own language. So the gospel is being preached around the world. And even with the internet today, with people tuning in as they're sequestered around the world and they're listening to gospel broadcasts and we hear great stories of many coming to Christ, we can look to up into the sky and believe that our Lord can come because then shall the end come. We're looking for the Lord Jesus Christ to come and we believe that it could be very soon. So let's live our lives as if we are living in the very last day and that means that we will serve him, we will put him first in our life, and God will bless our efforts and our outreaches to those who are unsaved. This week on Global Times, we have a special edition. President Brian Albrecht is speaking to the staff about current events and communication he has had with other people in the ministry from the Holy Land. Joel speak. Uh, he he uh, had all sorts of things. What was really important was that since Biden has become the president of the United States, all the Middle East countries, with the exception of Iran, are running scared. They're running scared because, number one, he do, they don't believe that Biden will, dis, will defend them. And Iran has the biggest army, but more than that, the, the missiles. They've got hundreds of thousands of missiles. And those missiles ha have every Middle East country in range. And so the feeling is, because Joel 
lives in Jerusalem as well. He he's a dual system. He's Americans seven years in the past. He he got his Israeli citizenship because he is a Jew, and they all moved to Israel. So he lives in Jerusalem with his family. So all these countries are in range of these missiles, and they're all concerned. And even Israel's concerned because even though they have the dome and all this defense and they have the most modern weapons, the problem is that Hezbollah in, in Lebanon, Lebanon is sitting there with, a, he said the number, it seemed like it was 200,000 missiles. And the, the whole point was that they decided to shoot them all at once at, at Israel. There's no way you can defend yourself against that many missiles coming in at one time. So even Israel is concerned about their own safety because they don't know if the American government will protect them. So the Middle East, is in uh, great fear right now. And because of that, they think there's going to be a lot more of the uh, Middle Eastern countries making peace with Israel. Because if you look around, who's got the biggest military outside of Iran? <laughs> well, it's Israel. So if you want protection, you better have a, you better have a peace treaty with Israel in order, to, in order to protect yourself. So that was a, a major thing. Because of, of Joel's writings and his prophetic books, and particularly about the one about Saudi Arabia, he was actually invited to be with the Saudi Arabian king. And while he was there talking to them, he mentioned about the fact that there were no Christian churches. Uh, Christian gatherings are illegal, technically, in Saudi Arabia. There's not one church in all of Saudi Arabia. And he brought up the idea that why not have religious freedom to allow other faiths to be able to have freedom to worship their God. The king uh, is 35 years old, and he's got more progressive views than some of the old people that are in charge. Uh, he said well, he would take it under advisement. So I don't know what that means, but at least it was brought up to them. And we've had donors from Saudi Arabia uh, over the years. We've had groups that have had an underground cell group, and they would support certain of our ministries over the years. I'm not sure if they still do anymore, but I, I do know... Uh, they did in the past, and I know that it's it sort of exciting of that. He, he started talking then about um, Iran, and he was talking about the people in Iran are really, really hate their government. Because when the Ayatollah Khomeini took over, they promised the people of Iran that they would have a pure form of Islam. And of course, this, this government has been in, in charge for many, many years. And of course, the people are in poverty and the people are, they just hate the government. And of course, then they start questioning their, their religion because what was promised to them has not happened. Joel was telling us about a, an Arab who uh, in 1989 was in Tehran and he was actually part of the group that would hate America kill Americans, kill Israel, kill uh, Jews, uh, and those kinds of things. And then he wanted to get his PhD in, in America, so then he sort of changed his tune. And he got in, and he's got his PhD over here, but then he got converted. He came over here and got a Bible and started putting the Quran against the Word of God, and he realized that the Word of God was God's Word and not the Quran. And he was discipled by a lady and received Christ as his Savior. And now he's an advocate for Christianity. And so he's able now to have a, uh, he's on the internet and he's actually uh, broadcasting into 
Iran, and of course he speaks Farsi, and he said the people in Iran are really hungry for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're coming to faith in droves. His uh, messages are becoming uh, even more popular, and more and more people are tuning in. So there's a great revival going on there. And he's also talking about the other Muslim countries, about how they are much more open now to Christianity because they realize that Islam is not meeting their needs and is not taking care of their people and is not satisfying to their spiritual needs. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. And we really appreciate the prayers of those who pray for us each week and help us financially to support this broadcast. As you know, this is a listener-supported ministry, and we count on your donations to help us stay on the air. This month, we're offering a really wonderful book of poems by Helen Steiner Rice, who's a famous Christian writer. It's entitled A Collection of Love Gifts. And I just thought I'd read one poem poem out of this wonderful uh, booklet. It's called He Loves You. It's amazing and incredible, but it's as true as it can be. God loves and understands us all, and that means you and me. His grace is all sufficient for both the young and old, for the lonely and the timid, for the brash and for the bold. His love knows no exception, so never feel excluded. No matter what or what you are, your name has been included. And no matter what your past has been, trust God to understand, and no matter what your problem is, just place it in his hand. For in all of your for in all of our unloveliness, this great God loves us still. He loves us since the world began. And what's more, he always will. What a wonderful... You can get a copy of this wonderful booklet, A Collection of Love Gifts, by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231.
starless in the void of the night. Our God is an awesome God. He spoke into the darkness and created the light. Our God is an awesome God. The judgment and wrath he poured out on Sodom. His mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Yes, we know that he's awesome. Today's message is from Reverend George Francisco and is titled, Mother's Day. Printed copies are available upon request. Today we celebrate Mother's Day and honor those who sacrifice so much time and effort on behalf of others. We are especially grateful for godly mothers who not only know and follow the Lord, but who also strive to bring their families to the Lord as well. Someone has written the words entitled, My Mother and I dedicate it to all mothers today. Who fed me from her gentle breast and hushed me in her arms to rest and on my cheek sweet kisses pressed? My mother. When sleep forsook my open eye, who was it sang sweet lullaby and rocked me that I should not cry? My mother. Who taught my infant lips to pray, to love God's holy word and day? and walk in wisdom's pleasant way, my mother. And can I ever cease to be affectionate and kind to thee, who wast so very kind to me, my mother? These are certainly appropriate words for godly mothers. Sadly, not all mothers are godly and caring. So if you have had or have a godly mother, thank God today for that. Or if you're trying to be uh, a godly mother. May you be encouraged and may God bless you this day. Now I'd like to turn to God's Word, the Bible, and to the book of Psalms again, <clears throat> for they are so full of encouragement and teaching, not only to mothers, but to fathers and grandparents and to all of us today. In Psalm 107, the Holy Spirit moves the writer to record in a very unique way important Bible truths concerning redemption. Redemption is another word for salvation. Psalm 107 speaks of redemption, for it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north, and from the south. So these words then first apply to Israel, the ones who were gathered by the Lord. 
But since Scripture says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable, we know then that Old Testament Scriptures were also written for us. We can see in God's dealing with Israel principles that can be applied to the lives of believers. In this psalm, there is a unique emphasis by way of metaphorical illustration. The psalm is divided into four main sections and closed by a plea or prayer of the psalmist in the words, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. These words then divide the psalm into parts, and they're found in verse 8, verse 15, verse 21, and verse 31. God wanted Israel to appreciate their redemption. How much more, then, should we as believers appreciate the redemption that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ? Let us then turn to the psalm. In verse 4 it says, They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Here, then, a picture is drawn of those lost in a desert, wandering aimlessly. Their food is gone. They have no water. They have tried to find the right way, only to draw nearer and nearer to death. What a picture of lost Israel. What a picture of lost mankind. The scripture says the sinner is separated from God and he stumbles or wanders through a spiritual desert, lost, and finding no end, no real inner peace, no meaningful purpose in life. Every effort only leads closer to death. There may be some who are listening today who feel that way, that they are lost and wandering in a wilderness. Take courage. There is one who can save you from all your sins and failures the Lord Jesus Christ. If you will do what the people in the psalm did, verse 6, they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them and led them forth by the right way. If you will come to the Lord Jesus, receive him as Savior, you will find that he can guide you and lead you in the right way, making your life a blessing to yourself and to others. What a happy ending. When God saves a sinner, it's like a person wandering in a desert without hope and doomed. But in answer to prayer, finds deliverance. He is rescued, given water and food, taken to the right way and to a city of habitation. Every believer knows something of these words, for he has wandered in the wasteland of sin and rebellion. There was soul hunger and thirst that couldn't be satisfied in the world. Only by coming to Christ and yielding to him did we find the water of life and the bread of life. The psalmist urges that men would praise God for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Should we as believers not be moved to praise God wonderfully? For he found us in a wasteland and saved us from such a terrible death. Redemption means the wanderer has been found and delivered and given rest. What a timely reminder. We can so easily forget how desperate our situation was before we found deliverance in Christ. Then the second metaphor used to illustrate redemption is of a prisoner. Verse 10, 
such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of the Lord and contemned the counsel of the Most High. Here is a picture of Israel enslaved in Egypt. They lived in spiritual darkness and bondage until God delivered them under Moses. Every believer knows something of the darkness of the prison house of sin and the chains of bondage that old sinful habits and sinful thoughts and actions can bring. We could not free ourselves from them like a prisoner condemned to death. We and Israel cried out to the Lord and he redeemed us. Redemption is here pictured as setting free of a prisoner facing execution. He has been condemned and is entirely without hope. Then crying out to God, God answers. The jailer comes, turns the key in the lock, the gates of iron open, and he is set free. Verse 14 says, God brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, break their bonds asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Do you feel like a prisoner today? Are, those, are there things in your life that you cannot break away from? Then turn to the Lord and cry out to him as the people of the psalm did. You can feel the revitalization of God's forgiveness and the freedom from sin's demands that Christ alone can bring. The third metaphor used is of a sick person, verse 17. Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works to the children of men. God is reminding Israel here that before he redeemed or saved them, they were like a dying person. And we too, as sinners, can understand this. Because of our foolish ways, we chose sin. And the spiritual consequences of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death, Romans 6.23 says. We may be physically strong, but God sees us spiritually as a dying person, and nothing we or others can do could save us. Titus says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. We cannot save ourselves spiritually, and this is a hard lesson for man to learn, for he is proud and very self-sufficient. But we will never find spiritual forgiveness in life until we humble ourselves and call upon God as the people in the psalm did. Thankfully, no matter how sin-sick we may be, when we call upon the Lord, he will hear us and save us. Believers need to remember that we were like the foolish sick person spiritually before we called upon the Lord. We have no right to look down on others. We were just as helpless as those around us are. All we can do is praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. The fourth metaphor is of sailors in a storm. 
Verse 23, they that go down to the sea in ships, they see the works of the Lord. For he raiseth the stormy wind, he liveth, lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to heaven, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted in them because of trouble, and they are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm. He bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. God says redemption is like a ship about to be smashed upon the rocks. All hope is lost. The crew realizing this cry out to God, and he intervenes, calming the storm, and the battered ship and crew find safety in a harbor. What relief the sailors feel. How thankful they are to land safe after enduring the perfect storm. Israel and believers need to remember that our redemption was not brought about by our own skill or works any more than the sailors caught in the storm. It was God's grace and goodness alone that brought deliverance. These four metaphors all show the absolute helplessness of Israel and of us as believers to find the right way. In the psalm it says the wanderer finds rest, and in Christ we find rest. The prisoner finds freedom, the sick person finds life, and sailors find safety. All of this we find in Christ. We cannot do anything of our own, it's only the grace of God that leads us to this. So we need to thank God today. The psalm leads us to find a new sense of gratitude for God's great mercy. How we need to praise God and thank him for the salvation that we enjoy. Then we need to live more humbly. In all of these cases, there was total helplessness evidence. Sometimes believers can get proud of redemption. As someone said, we can be proud of faith and proud of race and even proud of grace. But God says we were all helpless without his intervening grace. The psalm says also let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We as redeemed ones by the precious blood of Christ need not only to enjoy it or to be thankful for it, but we need to share it to joyfully and humbly let others around us know that God saved us in our helplessness and need and he can do the same for them. So on this Mother's Day, may all of us be reminded that we are saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves. That the appropriate way to respond to God's grace and goodness is to live our lives with joyful thanksgiving and praise to God. We need to learn to call upon God in our trouble and to trust him to deliver us. Then we need to humbly share with others the joy of knowing the true God. May you on this Mother's Day be encouraged and may all of us be encouraged to praise God more and to serve him more. 
I trust the message that you just heard will be a great blessing to you, not only today, but throughout the, this next week. Here at Canada's National Bible Hour, we're so concerned about people and their spiritual well-being. We trust those of you who have walked with the Lord for many years, have sensed God's presence, trust that God will continue to bless you throughout this next week. There may be some that have listened to this broadcast who are not sure of their relationship with God and with the Lord Jesus Christ. And for those, I'd like to share what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means that every last one of us, including myself, have all sinned. And because of one sin, we're not eligible to be in the presence of a holy God who is perfect and pure and righteous. So we are separated from him and we need a savior. And the savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was God. He became man. He lived a sinless life. He went to the cross and on the cross, he bore your sins in his own body as he took your place and took your hell and took the punishment for your sin as he hung there. He died, but he rose again on the third day and he's alive. And he's seated at the right hand of God the Father. And all you need to do is understand the fact that you are a sinner and you need grace, you need a savior, and you need to ask Jesus Christ to come in your life. You need to believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Don't forget to order your copy of Helen Steiner Rice's booklet entitled A Collection of Love Gifts. I know you will enjoy this booklet very much. You can get your copy by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also find past broadcasts at www.missiongo.org. That's M-I-S-S-I-O-N-G-O dot O-R-G. I trust the Lord will bless you throughout this next week. 